My entitled older sister refuses to take her kids back after me and my great-grandmother babysit them for several days. And even when I bring them right to her house, she threatens to call the police on me just to get me to try and keep her kids for a few more days. But I wasn't having it, and I refused to back down. Here's what happened. So, basically, my sister called my mom the other day and tried to convince my mom to pick up the kids and bring them to my house for my great-grandmother to watch without okaying it with my great-grandmother first. My mom obviously refused because she had work and I had the car my great-grandmother and I share since I used the car during the week for work. So on Saturday, my great-grandmother went to pick up the kids as usual so they could spend the night with us and go to church the next day. After church, Nana will keep the kids for a few more hours before taking them home. However, when she took the kids home, Candy blatantly refused to take them and made many excuses as to why she couldn't and wouldn't take them. Candy, by the way, is the name of my older sister and that is not her real name. So I had just woken up from a nap because I'm sick and I was confused to see my great grandmother coming back inside with the kids with her. Now to clarify it's spring break for the kids so naturally my sister didn't want to deal with them. My great grandmother was really upset because she has things that she has to do during the week that she can't take the kids to and she was so angry she was almost in tears so I decided to take it upon myself to let the kids chill for a bit and play while I had a cup of hot tea to soothe my throat and get myself something to eat before I loaded them back up in the car and drove them home. The two older kids were really upset with their mom because they were excited to see her and she basically just straight up rejected them. Especially my oldest nephew. He got really upset when we were loading him back up in the car. Luckily we managed to keep him calm with some YouTube videos and my Nana went back inside so I could take the kids home. When I got to my sister's house she opened the door and got incredibly upset when I told her I brought the kids home. I calmly explained that I am sick and our heat went out, which it actually did. My great-grandmother is relying on a tiny space heater at the moment, and I'm using a heated blanket. This is the third time our heat has gone out, so our house is pretty cold. My sister told me that she was not taking the kids, and demanded that I take them back to my house. She was telling me about all the stuff that she had to do during the week, and that she had talked to Nana about keeping the kids for this week. But that was a blatant lie. I kept my voice low, and I tried not to argue with her. Also, I wouldn't scare the kids. As they were still in the car, but the driver's side door was open. My sister told me I was scaring the kids. Meanwhile, I was talking low and not aggressively, and she was standing on the doorstep and was leaned over, yelling in my face. I just calmly told her, Candy, either you take your kids or I call the cops and report you for abandonment. These are your only two options. Taking them back to my house is not an option. Basically, I was gentle parenting my older sister. She then threatened to call the cops on me, claiming that I forcibly took them out of my great-grandmother care just to bring them back to her. And that's when things escalated to a point that I honestly never expected. As a matter of fact, I did not take them out of my great-grandmother's care. Nana happily agreed to let me take the kids home because her back and leg was really bothering her. And she was exhausted. I told her the cops would not take her seriously if she called them for that, but I was more than ready to handle it if it came to that. Then she started the shaking and fake crying, with no tears of course, telling me that she's too overwhelmed. She's dealing with DHS and she has a mediation hearing to find out if she keeps the kids or not. I simply told her that wasn't my problem, and I gave her the only two options that I had. Oh, and she also accused me of calling DHS on her the moment she opened the door and saw me standing there. I had no idea that DHS was called on her again, and I told her that. She actually seemed to believe me for once and place the blame on my ex-brother-in-law. She then told me to give her a minute and went inside and closed the door. So I just went back to the car and I sat in the driver's seat to wait for her. The two older kids were 
freaked out, and the baby was calling out for his mother. After 10 minutes, she came outside and was on the phone, then went back inside for five more minutes. I honestly thought she was calling the cops on me. My niece was scared, and I was thinking that I'd have to call the cops on her. Because what kind of mother refuses to take her own children? Especially when she knows that the house she wanted her kids to stay in for a week no longer has any heat. Like, what is she thinking? Eventually, she came back out and started to unbuckle the kids. The oldest nephew refused to get out of the car for his mom, so I had to pick him up and take him out of the car and draped his coat over him. My older sister literally tried to physically intimidate me by standing over me and yelling in my face. Then she threatened to call the cops on me, and then she started fake crying and trying to guilt trip me again before she realized that I was not giving in. Now, I hate confrontation, so I was having a silent panic attack with my heart pounding and my hand shaking, but I refused to play into her act and I just kept calm, specifically because I didn't want to scare the kids. I had to soothe and comfort the older two children while we were waiting on their mom when she went back into the house because my niece was about to cry thinking I was going to jail. Candy's entitlement just baffles me and the fact that she tried to lie to my face saying that she and Nana had talked all weekend about her keeping the kids is absolutely ridiculous. She just didn't want to keep her kids over spring break. Luckily, Nana and I have improved our relationship and she wasn't upset with me at all for taking the kids home. She's old, she's tired and in a lot of pain now. So she really did not have any energy to take care of the kids. I did end up calling my ex-brother-in-law when I was driving home and explained the situation to him so he could tell his lawyer and get it put on the file he has against my sister. My sister also refused to let me see what the inside of her house looked like and she is missing the entire top row of her teeth. She looks nearly 50 years old at the ripe age of 25. I will probably make a DHS report to explain everything that happened this evening and if she does try to accuse me of doing that, I'll own up to it. There was also an unfamiliar car parked in front of her house and there was somebody inside the house. Her boyfriend doesn't have a car because his license got revoked due to several DUIs and the last one resulted in him losing his car because he totaled it while under the influence. Honestly, I feel so bad for the kids and I really hope I never have to deal with that kind of situation ever again. What an awful situation indeed. Like your sister sounds like an absolute train wreck and I can completely understand why the ex-brother-in-law is probably fighting for full custody because this lady sounds like an awful mother. Like think about it. She's not even wanting her kids back during spring break. She basically said, no, I don't want them. You can keep them. Like, what are you thinking? That's crazy to me. Not to mention the fact that she was obviously upsetting her kids, like physically upsetting them. They even refused to get out of the car because they were so angry with her. And if I was a kid in that situation, I'd be upset too. So just from what you told us, it really does sound like your sister does not have it all together. And hopefully for the sake of those kids, they're able to get into a home that actually will take care of them. If you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out, link down below in the description. My previous job at a hotel was an absolute nightmare, and after being mistreated for 11 days, I decided to quit straight up. Here's what happened. So I wanted to detail some of my jobs I've had previously that led up to the one job I'm going to talk about today. For starters, I used to work at a haunted hotel. I left that, and I went to work at a Worst Eastern. I ended up losing that gig for literally no reason, which is no big deal. If there's one thing I learned from 20 years in radio, people get fired, and they get fired for stupid reasons. It's just life. So I got a job at a new hotel about a week after losing the other one. I walked into a job interview, and I got it on the spot. They were even promising me that I could move up to management before I even started. I thought to myself, this is it. This is where I'm going to finally find my spot. I'm going to run this joint, and everything is going to be completely fine. Now, there's this thing that tends to happen to me whenever something seems too good 
good are too perfect for me. And that's where I think to myself, well, it isn't at all. To start with, everyone in the hotel community that I knew told me this place was an absolute trap. They had been robbed multiple times, all while I was working at other hotels on that same street. And while the hotel did change its name and start over, nothing got better. Some highlights included the guy training me on my first day. For one, I actually knew more about the reservation software and the system than he did. I actually knew more about it than my boss who literally never came to work unless she was forced to do so against her will. Now, thanks to using the software myself for four years, plus being good friends with one of the people who provides tech support to the company, and my boyfriend worked on this software for 10 years at least, so needless to say, I was in a good spot. If there was a trick to something when my boyfriend and I worked together, he would show me how to do it. So I was light years ahead of the guy who was trying to train me. Now, my problem with him is on my first day, while we're standing there during a lull in the day, instead of telling me about the hotel, he starts telling me about the owners and how awful they are. The other male co-worker that I had when I worked my first night shift also made me incredibly uncomfortable in the sense that he was telling me that if he was my boyfriend, which honestly you would never be that lucky, he said he wouldn't allow me to work at night. That a woman's place is at home, especially at night. Keep in mind this absolute jewel of a human being was also young enough to be my child. Literally, I could have had this kid at 20 years old and he's standing there telling me where my place was and that he clearly thought ill of my boyfriend for even allowing me to work at night. Oh, and by the way, this is literally the first time I met him. Now, most of the time we worked alone after training was over, unless you worked in the mornings. Then you had a housekeeping staff there, but for the most part, they steered clear of me and wouldn't talk to me. I've dealt with this at hotels before. The majority of housekeeping are Mexican-Americans, and they've been treated like absolute garbage by snobby white kids at the front desk who make all kinds of assumptions about if the housekeepers are legal or even speak English. Like, it's brutal to see up close, and I shut that garbage down when I see it. But I never had the opportunity to get friendly with our housekeepers. And apparently, I did not want to. Because the same day I was told by my disembodied voice of a boss on the phone that I had to start putting my purse in the lunchroom or on top of the housekeeping lockers instead of leaving it on the floor behind the desk out of the way, I got robbed. I hate telling people this part, but it's true. I had a pair of sunglasses go missing and $40 disappear out of my wallet. Before you say, well, why didn't you watch the cameras? Let me reassure you, there weren't any cameras on the property. Not at all. Not anywhere. Not even watching the desk where I was counting cash twice a shift. Another fun feature of my job duties at this hotel was if I worked a night shift, I was literally the only person on property after 9 p.m. At 10.30 p.m., we were supposed to collect the barbecue tools from the barbecue area and bring them inside. But I thought to myself, why though? Who on earth is going to steal a spatula? Well, apparently the guy who jumped out of the bushes at me one night while I was doing this. I still have no idea if it was a guest or a homeless person, but I think he was pretty surprised to find out that I have no problem hitting someone with a spatula and the barbecue tongs. We had another homeless guy break into our pool using a plastic hanger to lift the latch because we didn't chain the gate at this madhouse. I said screw it and let him keep swimming in his underwear because I was not going out there to fight some weirdo with a plastic hanger. Also, as a side note, this was only 11 days into my job, but even still, there was more that went on. The owners of this place had a dog that they would bring into the hotel. It wasn't a pet-friendly hotel, but of course, the owner's dog isn't a pet. The dog would hang out with us at the desk while the owner did whatever they pretended to do, including never wondering where the general manager was because she was never there. One day, I saw the owners go out to their car and they left the dog with us, so I assumed that they would be 
right back. Logic has no place in that building though, and I get a call three hours later from the owners, who have in fact left in their car to go to Oregon. They had just forgotten their dog in the office and wondered if I could take it home for the weekend. So I thought to myself, no, this is not happening. Thankfully, another co-worker who came in said to me, oh, this happens all the time. I'll take him home. And I'm thinking to myself, what is going on? A day later, the only semi-sane person I worked with comes running in from the parking garage and says to me, so someone is unalive in the parking lot. It's a Saturday morning. I just call the cops. We walk outside to this car that was parked in our parking garage in 100 degree weather with the windows up and the trunk open. My coworker recognizes the car when we get closer and said she had kicked him out a couple of days before. When the cops arrived, they didn't actually confirm that this guy was unalived or not, but they did tell us that the trunk that was wide open was full of stolen license plates from all over the country. And after that, I just went back inside to the desk and pretend this wasn't a David Lynch movie. So I was there 11 days and this all happened in the first week. During my second week, we got a guest who had MS and was fleeing an awful relationship. All of her belongings were in her car and looking at the reservation for her. The front desk had this woman moving every single night for two weeks to another room and she could barely walk. Garbage like this isn't easy to fix if you actually pay attention. I rolled up my sleeves and moved a bunch of one night stays to other rooms to keep her in this same room for her entire stay. I got in trouble for that, but it's pretty standard hotel practice though, especially because it's easier for housekeepers too. They don't have to do a full checkout clean on an extra room every day. They can just do stay over service for the person, refreshing their towels, taking out the trash, etc. It just makes sense to keep a long-term or longer-term guest in the same room, especially a disabled guest who really needed a room on the ground floor. I also got chewed out for helping this woman with her luggage. Now, I work for a company that is an international hotel group previously, as well as the Worst Eastern, and helping older or disabled people with their things is standard practice. This woman had a massive Mac Pro that she needed for work, but couldn't lift it onto the desk in her room. So I did it for her. I climbed around and plugged everything in, and she was delighted. I was told I was wasting my time, though, on unimportant guests, and I was apparently trying to provide five-star service in a two-star hotel. I was so upset, but I stuck it out for a few more days. This one woman would come in every morning to get the breakfast and have her water bottle refilled, and I would put up the Be Right Back sign and carry her food back to her room. I did not care about getting in trouble for it, because I'm pretty sure you could have sacrificed a goat in that place and not gotten fired. And then, with all things considered and all the things I had seen already, one day I just kind of snapped. I was tired of getting jumped all over, as well as being treated horribly, with zero support from management, because the manager never came to work. She sat home on her computer all the time with her online girlfriend, who I heard wasn't even real. But Lord, I don't care about that. That morning, the fire alarm, which didn't actually even call the fire department since they had forgotten to pay the bill, suddenly went off every five minutes. And no matter how many times I reset it, it just kept screaming. I was tired of working in a place that didn't care about their guests or their employee safety and literally made zero sense and being asked to babysit the dog as well as getting yelled at for doing my job better than anyone else. With all that combined, I just quit. Of course, everyone tried to talk me out of it, but I was like, nope, I can't stay here another moment. And so my boyfriend picked me up from work and we just left. When we came back to get my last paycheck and to sign the paper that told them why I quit, there was a guy who was just covered in tattoos, even all over his face asleep on the lobby couch. I went to the table to sign things and the table was so wobbly that it actually fell off one leg. I handed the paperwork back to them and was handed a handwritten personal check for my way 
wages there. And then after my coworker said, oh, by the way, that lady you were taking care of, she passed away that afternoon before you quit. You were probably the last person to see her alive. We didn't notice for at least a day. After hearing that, that absolutely devastated me. Because the last thing I did before walking out the door, other than handing in an epic resignation letter detailing all of this nonsense, was take that woman her breakfast. She didn't come down to the lobby, so I called her room before we cleaned up breakfast and asked her if she wanted her usual, and she said she was hungry but couldn't walk down. I asked her if it was okay for me to use the master key to come into her room and bring her her food, and she said yes. I loaded up the plate, took it to her room, took her water bottle back to the office to fill it up for her, and took it back to her, and she thanked me. And I locked her room for her, and I went back up front when the fire alarm was going off. It was all so much to handle, and this all happened in 11 days. So with all things considered, this is why I no longer work in the hotel industry. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That sounds like an absolute nightmare of a job. Like quite literally, everything that could have gone wrong pretty much did. You were almost robbed multiple times. You even were robbed, like straight up had money stolen out of your purse. Most likely from one of your sketchy front desk co-workers. And it sounds like the guys there were just completely ridiculous. Saying terrible things and making these weird insinuations. For the sake of this story and explaining it, I did leave a few things out that were pretty sketchy overall. But trust me when I say this, those guys were not right in the head. So good for you for quitting this job. You knew pretty quickly that this was not for you and these people probably really did suck at their job and by no means are you obligated to try and work with those people in the slightest because in my opinion it sounds like they did not care about this place in the slightest and you were going above and beyond to try and make this work so hopefully for the safety of anybody that goes in that previous hotel you worked out it hopefully will get closed down because the management and the owner truly do not care multiple women that I've gone on dates with have said that I am full of red flags and I don't know what that means and I seriously don't know what to do with that information. So I got separated last summer after eight years, with five years of dating and three years of being married. Nothing like cheating or domestic problems or financial problems, just minor annoyances and personality differences that accumulated over the years that got exacerbated by the pandemic. I moved out on my own in December. We have a two and a half year old daughter together and she spends weekdays with me and weekends with her mom. My baby's mom was my first real girlfriend and I only had some hookups and short term flings before dating her. After moving out, I decided to try online dating for the first time, and I used Tinder to do that, as that was the one I heard the most about. I had a surprisingly good run. I hooked up with over 10 girls, and surprisingly, because I heard my friends complain about it all the time, I would drop off my daughter at daycare on Friday mornings for her mom to pick up in the afternoon, and either go on dates to see someone I already knew over the weekend, usually meeting with two to three women over the weekend. One thing that I did notice is that anyone who 
is a bit older or has been in a long-term relationship before, so like six or seven of these women, mentions that I am full of red flags or I just seem sketchy. I have never followed up to ask exactly what they mean by that since I didn't want any more self-hatred or self-doubt than I already have. Honestly, the separation has been a struggle, but the woman I spent some quality time with on Saturday night mentioned the same thing, and now I can't get it out of my head. I have a well-paying career, I'm passionate about it, I treat my daughter like a princess, and I have my own place downtown in a major city, and I own a car. I treat my dates to the best of my abilities as well, with all the bells and whistles, such as researching where to go in advance, dressing well, paying for everything, holding the door open, and hanging up their coat for them, as well as cleaning up after them and everything. So my question would be, what could they possibly mean by saying that I'm full of red flags when they all still seem to want me? I want to know because eventually I want to settle down again and have a family again. And I want to start working on fixing whatever it is that would make me undesirable or dangerous in their eyes for my future partner. What should I do? This is a tough one because it really does seem like from the outside looking in, you're doing everything right. But for them to say, oh, there's a lot of red flags and then not give any kind of explanation really, really sucks. Like how on earth are you supposed to have any kind of accurate assumption about what it is that you're doing that's freaking people out if nobody can be honest with you and just be like, hey, it's this, this, and this. So on that end, I probably would not rely on these dates to try and get an accurate description of who you are as a person, but maybe go to somebody close who can give you an honest opinion. Maybe like a friend or a family member who's going to be honest and not just try to gas you up because right now it seems like you're just left scratching your head, thinking to yourself, wait, what am I doing wrong? And I can completely understand where you're coming from there. So hopefully you're able to find somebody that can kind of give you some more direction in life because as of right now, just being told multiple times that you have red flags all over the place without knowing what those red flags are in the first place is in and of itself incredibly frustrating. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications so you never miss a video. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out in the description below and subscribe.